40% of people, uh, of customers who don't uh, choose a sustainable uh, product are doing so because they say there's not enough choice. So for me, uh, it will grow uh, for sure, but it needs the bo both effort of the, the consumers and the, the brands. You know, they have to work uh, in synergy to make it happen. I'm Tatiana Antonella Beya, founder of Goombook, and you're listening to Forward Talks, Conversations That Matter. This episode continues our special series, Climate Leaders Rising Up to COP28, in partnership with MasterCard with the support of Dubai Government Media Office. We're sharing inspiring stories of sustainability leaders and climate champions driving impact from our region to the world. I'm joined today by Florence Bulté, Chief Sustainability Officer at Chaloux Group. Chaloux Group has been a creator of luxury experiences across the Middle East for over six decades, and Florence is responsible for fostering their culture of business ethics and integrity, and promoting sustainability through advocacy and partnerships. We talk about how they engage with their supply chain to embed sustainability across the group, how the luxury industry is working on recycling and circularity, and her expectations from COP28. Florence has worked in the luxury business for nearly two decades, in Australia, Singapore, and the Middle East. For me, the turning point, uh, personally, I'm speaking, was uh, during an executive training at INSEAD uh, in Paris, where our finance course, believe it or not, was all about, and I'm speaking like uh, 12 years ago, was all about Okay, focusing on the red line, so how to perform, how to achieve your objective while respecting the blue line. You know, like, how do you do business? How do you um, uh, achieve your objectives? You know, so taking care of all the social, environmental, and governance uh, aspects. And for me, I would say that was kind of. Um, it was very highlighting at, at, uh, at that time. And I started to, you know, to think about it and include it into the, what I was doing from a business uh, perspective. And uh, at that time, I was working for Shaloub. And um, in 2015, I was uh, proposed, you know, to take over the sustainability uh, uh, for Shaloub and to, you know, fully uh, put into implementation this concept on achieving, doing a, a business, uh, but doing it in a very uh, purposeful uh, way. So, so that's how it's ahead of time. Incredible. Yes. Yeah, yeah. At that time, I mean, honestly, nobody was, um, you know, 12 years ago really speaking about this uh, concept. And I would also add that what I've witnessed from, from outside is the incredible um, in, engagement from the leadership. I mean, it, the sustainability has, has definitely come from a will of the leadership within Chaloup to embed it as part of the culture of the group, right? Totally, totally. Because uh, so first, again, it's a family business. And uh, and again, um, the the vision uh, was also to, uh, to take part and to become a member of uh, the United Nations Global Compact in 2014. Um, and again, for a family business, you know, it was quite a commitment. And that's how everything started. So we built, you know, a division, a sustainability division. We built a strategy. 
And with this um, engagement, we had the responsibility to issue a sustainability report every year, which was, you know, publicly available. And everything started from that because um, we wanted to walk the talk. We wanted our KPIs to be relevant. So we needed to have access to data. At that time, having access to data was extremely difficult. So we started to build, you know, some internal process software to capture this data, create an ex uh, ecosystem of uh, data owners. If I'm speaking, if I'm, uh, I'm, I'm uh, thinking about diversity or, uh, and inclusion or uh, the planet, the environmental side, how do you capture data? How do you create your baseline? How do you uh, set KPIs which are relevant, uh, bold, uh, but realistic for your business? Um, so that's what we did in 2014. And I'm proud to say also that, you know, for the first time uh, last year, um, this sustainability report was audited uh, by a third party, you know, which is also extremely important because you need to obviously, uh, it's you have obviously a qualitative part, but you, the quantitative part is extremely important and you need to show progress. Uh, and even sometimes if things are not going as fast as you want, but you need to, to be super transparent about it. This is a very good point also, because when we talk about reporting nowadays, there are so many frameworks out there. Uh, you have your uh, you know internal reports or you choose the one framework, but you report your own way. And, and it's very hard, very, uh, a very small amount of companies actually have their reports audited. And as a consumer or as a, a third party, it's hard to understand how much that report is actually useful or is the data really accurate. Um, but you come from a, an industry that is, is very complicated. Uh, you're a very big group. You represent uh, many luxury brands. Um, you, you're based in, in the Middle East where there's a big need to import all this. So tell us more about the challenges that you have because internally as a group, you're very sustainable, but I'm sure you also have to deal with with your uh, suppliers, with uh, your partners, and, and how do you work with them as well? First, I would say the way we were, we started to work uh, with our partners through our uh, partner chapter within our sustainability strategy was to make sure we were conducting business in all uh, integrity. So we started very early to create a supplier scorecard uh, based on the 10 principles of the United Nations Global Compact. So labor rights, human rights, protection of the environment, transparency, anti-corruption. And uh, we sent, uh, you know, this uh, scorecard to all our suppliers. I mean, every year uh, now we have 1,300 suppliers uh, assessed uh, towards this uh, scorecard. And that was helping us. It was more uh, opening a dialogue with them, you know, setting the tone of our expectation and see how they were doing in their own sustainability uh, journey. Um, so we have this system um, going on since I think 2015 now, uh, and and uh, more than I would say the scorecard. It's also about uh, organizing webinars. So we organize webinars with our suppliers, uh, and it's really a platform to discuss and ask questions and clarify. And I would say now the next challenge uh, will be um, on the road to our net zero uh, journey. So 
if I take a step back a bit, 2014, when is, we started the, the sustainability strategy under the planet pillar, uh, we started the decarbonization strategy. Uh, 2021, we thought we were mature enough, uh, you know, to take this commitment to pave the way to the net zero. Uh, so that's what we've done. We, we assessed a baseline in 2021. Uh, 2023, our midterm targets uh, were uh, validated. So non-surprisingly, non uh, 99% of our emissions are scope three. Uh, so the midterm target, we made a commitment to reduce our scope one and two by 50% by 2032 and our scope three by 30% by 2032. So now what do you do when 99% of your <laughs> emissions are scope three? So what we are going to launch uh, next year, and we are really excited about it, it's a supplier engagement program. So we are partnering with uh, Schneider uh, on this project. I mean, they have been our uh, partner since the beginning for uh, Net Zero. And the idea would be to uh, do a mapping of our uh, suppliers, see our suppliers which have already, um, you know, uh, started this journey of uh, net zero and the suppliers who have not. And again, in an idea of uh, collaboration and making a positive impact and making sure, uh, you know, uh, we, we mobilized our suppliers to reach also our objectives, we'll be um, uh, doing some uh, education, awareness, supporting them to um, help them to capture uh, data because we will need to have access to their uh, data, obviously, accurate data sharing them in a very uh, transparent way, um, setting priorities, okay, so for, for them or and for us, what would help us more, uh, you know, uh, in our journey, doing projections of uh, actions to needed to be uh, taken, and obviously uh, reporting on this journey. So we are, it's a, it's a huge uh, pro project, the supplier engagement program, we're going to start it next year, but obviously it's going to keep on going uh, until, you know, 20, uh, 2040. Um, but this is also the power of collaboration. I mean, um, we cannot, uh, it's an ecosystem, so we cannot um, work in silo. And this, I think this era we've all understood is completely uh, finished. We really need to collaborate and, and, and support each other uh, in the journey. So, uh, so that's how we're going to engage our suppliers uh, in the journey and make it uh, very concrete and uh, very tangible. I love that you used a couple of times the word paving the way. And I have to say, you've been paving the way on, on very different fronts. I remember uh, you were already very active since 2010 when, when Goombook started. Uh, Shaloub was already a point of reference in terms of employee engagement, awareness, education. Uh, again, you were one of the first signatories of the UN Global Compact for the UAE and the region. You were the first uh, uh, big group that would actually work hard to install solar panels on, on, on your buildings. And I remember it took you a long time because of rules and regulations and policies, finding also the right partners. Um, and then also looking at digitalization in, in, in a sector that uh, has been somehow in crisis in terms of consumers loving to go online. And you've been really strong at moving 
uh, most of your business also on the digital side. So it's incredible how flexible and how strong you've been in terms of adapting to the market, but also embedding sustainability in, in all this. And now you're talking about education with your suppliers, but I know that you're also working really hard on education with your consumers. Yeah, I mean, uh, consumers, Alors, I would say um, education, uh, you, you can, um, you can uh, take it in uh, several ways. Um, if we talk about cons uh, consumers, uh, I, PwC studies uh, showed that seven uh, customers out of 10 in the region are saying that they're ready to adopt uh, sustainable uh, behavior. Um, when it comes to uh, potential blockage, we always think about uh, price. Uh, actually, if you take UAE, 82% of the customers are saying that they're ready to pay a higher price uh, for a sustainable uh, product which match their needs. And matching the needs is the key word here because 40% of people, uh, of customers who don't uh, choose a sustainable uh, product are doing so because they say there's not enough choice on the market. And it's, and it's completely uh, true. 30% say that it's because of the price and 30% say it's because it's about the, the quality of the product. So when you say educating, I think it's also, as a retailer, it's a responsibility to put on the market a choice for the, for the customers, you know, and show them that, um, yes, you can choose this pro 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 product and uh, this will fit, you know, the, 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 the mindset uh, shift that you want, you know, because sometimes you're thinking about it, but at the end, if you don't have a product in front of you who is matching your need in terms of, uh, um, if we take our case, uh, design, uh, you know, um, you, you just don't, uh, don't buy it. So, so that's also what we want to do with our customers. So we have an internal um, strategy uh, division, which showed that more than 60% of uh, the luxury customers in the UAE are ready to buy uh, pre-loved items, for example. So based on that, again, because I really think it's our responsibility and it makes business sense to uh, provide, um, you know, um, the, the, the products our customers want. Level Shoes, our shoe uh, concept in the in Dubai Mall, have uh, created an online business of uh, pre-loved um, um, really? uh, business. So, so basically, you can uh, sell a pre-loved uh, shoe or pair of shoe or bags, uh, and you can buy uh, pre-loved items uh, on this uh, platform. And it, this is working extremely well. Why? Because it's uh, it's it's based on the customer uh, needs, and we are again, uh, answering a need and at the same time also educating our customers saying, look, you have the, the, the fresh product, you know, the new design, the new collection, etc. You have also the possibility uh, to buy these uh, pre-loved items. And in luxury business, um, it's, uh, it's also a need because sometimes uh, our customers want to buy a product which is uh, standing out, you know, uh, something which might be a bit vintage or something which is from a collection which is unique and you can find a capsule collection that you cannot find uh, anymore, uh, etc. So, so this also uh, putting on the market uh, um, uh, products and concept that uh, fits our sustainability strategy, but fits also the customer needs, uh, participate to the evolution of the mindset uh, as well. And it validates also 
I think the the movement because for so many years it was more of a of a hippie thing to buy pre-loved, and now we actually say vintage. The narrative and 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 also the the vocabulary used is different. The fact that such a luxury brand such as Level Shoes is actually offering uh, these items means that they're valid. They are they are they are still luxury items. And you, we, I will give you a, another example. So this is uh, one of our brand, uh, Christophe, uh, who is a silverware, a luxury silverware brand. Um, so the, the, the business model has been developed in France because, again, it matches, uh, you know, customer need. But we uh, identified the fact that, you know, the customers of Christophe in France uh, liked vintage uh, items as well. So, you know, Christophe is a historical brand. I mean, it's uh, it's got over 200 years of existence. So what the team has been doing is uh, buying out uh, Christophe product in the antiques market all over France, refurbishing them in our factory uh, in Yanville, in Normandy. And, and selling it under the vintage uh, label. Uh, so first it was a pop-up in Le Bon Marché uh, in Paris. And it was so successful that, you know, uh, now, uh, actually a few weeks back, they launched uh, an online uh, platform where you can sell uh, your uh, vintage item and you can also buy. And it's available in a few uh, in few stores uh, also in Paris. So, so yes, it's a, it's a, it's a mindset uh, shift, uh, but also mindset. I think there's an education part also because when people are seeing that it's available and why we are doing that and why it's uh, you know it's uh, it's important to do that. Uh, it's participate also to the education of our customers, and again, it's very uh, it's very successful. So it's it's fitting again the sustainability strategy. It's fitting uh, it's uh, matching a customer uh, needs, and uh, and it's good for uh, you know the environment. When we come back, I talk to Florence about circularity in the fashion industry and her expectations from COP28. That's right after the short break. I wanted to take a minute and tell you about the Priceless Planet Coalition launched by our partners MasterCard. The coalition aims to restore 100 million trees around the world by 2025. You can visit the Priceless Planet Coalition website in our show notes to find out more and join the movement. Thank you to MasterCard for their support of Forward Talks and Gombok. Welcome back to my conversation with this episode's climate leader, Florence Bulté, Chief Sustainability Officer at Shell Hoop Group. I would love to hear from you more about circularity in the, in the, in the luxury and, and, and fashion. Is it something that is really growing? Are uh, luxury brands looking into recycled materials with more interest? For sure. So we are retailers and distributors, so we don't own, uh, you know, brands. And uh, But I can tell you for sure the luxury brands are definitely looking into it, whether it's uh, a new material. You know, if you take brands like uh, Adolfo Dominguez that we launched um, in, uh, in MOE or uh, Stella McCartney also. So, you know, this type of uh, designers, this type of brands are looking at uh, uh, creating uh, fashion brands uh, using... Uh, very innovative, advanced uh, material. 
um, or uh, again, um, you know, um, uh, offering, for example, to me the luggage. Um, uh, luggage brand uh, repair a repair service you know and uh, so definitely they are looking into that direction and uh, my conviction is that it's uh, again it's an ecosystem so it's it will be uh, it will gain in power when uh, you know the the brands will be able to offer more of this service and more of this business concept in on the market and put more product like that on the market and when the customers will ask even more for it and i'm always saying uh, as a customer as a customer consumer we really have the responsibility of being demanding uh, with the brands to ask questions so it can be uh, traceability or you know uh, why can't i repair uh, my bag instead of buying another one so um, it's 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 our responsibility also as a city and to 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 request for for this uh, type of uh, services so for me uh, it will grow uh, for sure but it needs the bo both effort of the the consumers and the the brands you know they have to work uh, in synergy to make it happen do you feel that uh, there could be also some support uh, from the public sector in terms of regulations or policies sure. what we've been uh, seeing for example if i take uh, you know our decarbonization strategy there was uh, as you were saying we worked really hard to make this solar panel uh, implemented right now i'm proud to say we have um, four sites uh, equipped with a solar panel in the uae but we would like to you know roll it them up uh, in the other seven countries in which we operate and we are blocked by regulations so, but when you take uh, mobility, uh, shift to uh, EV vehicles, it's kind of um, easy now to find the light vehicles, um, you know, EV vehicles. But when it comes to uh, heavier vehicles, you know, it, it, you know, it's very difficult to to find. And this, uh, of course, infrastructure and regulate uh, evol evolution of regulatory uh, framework would definitely uh, help us in our journey. You know, in Europe, uh, this weekend, um, the, there's the, I think it's uh, the fashion coalition. I mean, um, they were posting, uh, there's a new regulation for fashion in Europe, where as a fashion brand, you cannot use the terms, um, you know, organic, uh, biodegradable, uh, without backing it up with a figure and a timeline. Amazing. Hopefully this will come also to the UA. I hope so. So it's uh, to come back to this ecosystem. For sure, for some subjects, you will have uh, to have the input and the support of the of the government to uh, make this, uh, uh, you know, uh, regulatory framework uh, evolve. And that's also what we are uh, looking forward, uh, hopefully, from the COP, right? I mean, to have yeah. this synergy, to have an acceleration. Everyone knows what is kind of needed, but we need an acceleration of uh, of uh, of the pace, you know. So thank you for bringing this up because actually. This is usually my 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 last question of uh, of the episode. Is what are your expectations for COP? Look, I mean, for us, um, we've touched upon it, and um, you know, we've been starting our sustainability journey in 2014, and now. Uh, 
I'm so happy to see this uh, mobilization of uh, public sector, private sector, social enterprises, NGOs, you know, come together. So there's been already an acceleration. I think the COP for me uh, will be a catalyst for engagement. So as a group, we will also, um, you know, announce um, stronger, I mean, strong partnerships uh, and new partnerships uh, during uh, during COPs. Uh, evolution of a regulatory framework, uh, for sure. So it's really what we, other than the stock take, obviously, you know, which is major, we <laughs> always, uh, let's not forget about it. But for the private sector, it's really uh, an acceleration of uh, anyone's journey. And if uh, a company has not started, then, you know, maybe it will be a, a catalyst for, for change and to, to, to help the, the company to start the sustainability journey. And as we were saying, for me, it's also the legacy. So I can tell you that none of the projects we're going to launch uh, during COP uh, will be short term. Uh, so it's gonna, all going to be long term, um, three years and plus uh, uh, projects. Um, and that's what's really interesting about it, right? I mean, COP is a trigger. Uh, but what we want to see is uh, is to uh, for the momentum to keep on be, uh, after COP, and I hope you know we'll have uh, analysis and we'll have a strong outcome out of this COP uh, as a learning uh, exercise as well, and uh, and we will be able to uh, to see after COP partners coming together and starting this project uh, together. So that's really what I'm uh, I'm hoping. Uh, Can we have a sneak peek of the projects that you're going to launch? <laughs> well, it's um, without, uh, you know, giving any details, but it's all about, again, uh, the SDG 17 uh, collaboration uh, partnership for goals. Um, you know, we always use this term, um, and uh, but but we really need need to dig into the what it entails. You know, like uh, again, sustainability in sustainability, you need to to um, think in um, in system. Uh, so I think this SDG 17, though it's the last one, it's for me one of the most uh, important. And uh, so it will be uh, our project uh, will really be about, uh, you know, uh, strong and innovating uh, partnerships. Thank you so much, Florence. Uh, uh, thank, you. thank you for your time. I know you're very, very busy lately. And uh, I really look forward to seeing you at COP and, uh, and Pleasure. see and learn more about your project. Thank you, Tatiana. Thank you uh, for thank you to, to Gambook for all the great things you are doing. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for joining me today. This special series of Forward Talks is brought to you by Gumbuk in partnership with MasterCard and with the support of Dubai Government Media Office. I'm Tatiana Antonella Beya, and this episode was produced by Samantha Keruz, Anurada Bhattacharya, Janelle Lopez and Chirac Desai. See you again soon.